Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now, on today's show, we have a very, very amazing guest. Her name is Ritu Dalmia and Ritu as such is a chef, but that would be an understatement. She is the owner of at least six very, very successful restaurants in India. In fact, you can Google her and check out her Wikipedia page. She's referred to as an Indian celebrity chef. She's written at least five different books on cooking and she also hosts her own travel and cooking show on TV in India. So we have a very, very talented lady on our show today and Ritu today is going to be talking to us about her experiences as well as share her ideas on how you can build a career as a chef. As you'll find, Ritu is full of energy. You have to keep up with her. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And a very quick note, there are certain points in the discussion today where the audio isn't that good, but for the most part, it's great. So I hope you enjoy the discussion. And with that, let's welcome Ritu. Hello, Sonali. Hey, Ritu. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for taking Very the time. Well. You know, my blood count just increased so much when I heard your description of me. My God, the ego massage has been amazing. Thank you so much for that. Oh, no, I think I think what I said is truly an understatement. I mean, seriously, in your case, it's... Uh, and, you know, as I was researching this discussion, what is so clear is that you've done so much, but you come across as a very, very down-to-earth and a very easy-to-become-friends-with person, which is very admirable. Well, you see, in this industry, one of the biggest strengths I would say a person needs is to have a generosity of spirit. You've got to like people. You've got to be a great host. Otherwise, you're in the wrong trade. So I guess I do like people. I've always enjoyed company of people, meeting new people. And maybe that's the reason I'm good at it. So I think it's really in some ways you're meeting friends and people you enjoy and you even get paid for it. Can you believe that? Yeah, no, I mean, you're in the ideal job, right? And I know you've brought up Anthony Borden in a couple of your discussions in the past. And he hosts a show very similar to yours called Parts Unknown. And I've always Correct. thought of like, this is the ideal job, man. I mean, if I can eat and travel and get paid for it, like what else can you ask ah, for? <laughs> all the glitter is not gold, Sonali. All the glitter is not gold. And, and we'll get to it. So that's what this discussion is about. So the the thing which I would love to start with is, you know, as I was reading about you, the one thing which is very clear is that you're really passionate about food and you really enjoy food. So when did this interest in food and cooking begin for you? Well, actually, it started very early in my life. I mean, even when I was a kid, I don't quite remember, but my parents tell me when they were traveling and they would return and I was about nine or 10 year old. I would have a so-called three-course dinner waiting for them, <laughs> which at that time was macaroni mixed with baked beans, etc. That was the epitome of my culinary skill. Yeah. But obviously, I, people played dollhouse, etc. I played restaurant, restaurant. So, uh, but to be honest with you, I never thought I would take it as a career. I always enjoyed cooking. I always, for me, it was really a pleasure it was a hobby and uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to be this very fancy businesswoman with a pink jet plane and two little assistants 
you know, tottering behind <laughs> with two mobiles in their hand. But obviously, that didn't quite happen. And uh, after being in the industrial world with my father for about four years, I realized I'm not cut out for it. I'm really not cut out for it. And that's when I actually took it as a profession because I didn't know anything else. I don't know if you know this, but I'm not very educated. I uh, barely managed to finish my school. So it's not that I had a lot of educational qualifications that would get me a job anyway. So it was just a spur of moment decision. Mm-hmm. What started as a hobby has become a profession which has given me a lot of pleasure, a lot of fame, a bit of money, and more than anything else, a lot of satisfaction. Yeah, so I I do want to talk about that a little bit more. And I did read this about you that you were in your father's marble cutting business for a while before right. you decided to start your own restaurant. So, can you tell us a little bit about your thought process then? You know, what is it that flipped that you felt that hey, you know what, this is not for me, and I'm going to enter the world of uh, cooking instead? You know, I'll tell you. Uh, I come from a very conservative Marwari family where you know. First, I fought my way in to start working with my father. I was 16 when I started working with him, and I did very well. And to be honest with you, the money I earned in those four years, I don't think I'll ever earn in my entire mm-hmm. lifetime. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing was, I can't explain to you. Firstly, I think the mistake I made was to work in my father's company because emotionally there's too much happening, and I'm a free-spirited, independent human being. And secondly. I think when you earn money a little too young in your life, I don't think it's a good thing to start your life with. So for me, opening a restaurant was okay. I've made some money, and now it's time for me to do something I enjoy. I've had enough of saying yes sir, no sir to my father, and I want to become my own person. And that's where it actually happened. That I said, okay, so it's very all well and good, but what the hell am I going to do? So a friend of mine who actually was my machinery supplier, a Italian woman called Sarah, who in some ways is the reason why I am what I am. You love to cook. You're good with cooking. There is not even a single Italian restaurant in Delhi. Why don't you just open a restaurant? I was young. I was impressionable. I was 20 year old. I said, "Yeah, what a great idea!" And I just jumped into it. And the funny part is. I mean, today when people come and ask me that uh, you know I want to open a restaurant, etc., etc., I always tell them, you know, you're looking at the glamour side of it. You have no experience, and you want to open a restaurant. But the reality is, I did exactly the same. Mm. But I have learned my way through it, and uh, I think God was very kind to me, and I chose a profession which actually. suited me the best wouldn't have it any other way yeah I, but you know i do have so i i, I apologize in advance i tend to ask a lot of questions but yeah. uh Please. there is there is so much behind that decision right because when you decided to leave your father's company and uh, you know the supplier of yours suggested that hey why don't you get into food i mean opening a restaurant is a massive undertaking right like did you ever think about hey why don't you just work in a different restaurant as opposed to sweetheart, open a restaurant sweetheart i'm a very impulsive person Hmm. and for me my decisions are always even now from one minute to another i don't do any project reports for our restaurant we don't do business plan if it feels right in my guts go ahead and do it and that's exactly how it happened with my first restaurant and to be honest with you that restaurant was a great failure i mean it got me a lot of fame but it never worked economically and financially but i always say if i'd gone to harvard business school the fee hmm. that i would have paid for my education I lost that much money in my first restaurant mm. and that's really what taught me how to 
you know, run a restaurant. So there wasn't any, it was a one minute to another minute decision. If I look back, yes, maybe I would have worked in other restaurants or got some culinary education. But on the other hand, I educated myself all throughout because I knew that was my chip on my shoulder and I didn't know enough. So I traveled the world, learned, still I do. I mean, I go watch, look out for new trends. So it's a constant education process that's still going on. No, absolutely. And I, I think this quality that you're describing, that you're a very impulsive person, do you think this is a quality that has been very key in you being able to do so many very different things? Yeah, I mean, as I said, uh, being impulsive or following your gut has its plus and minus points as well. We have seven successful restaurants today, a great catering business, but I also have many restaurants which have failed. Mm. So it's not all hunky-dory. And uh, But the thing is, I have no regrets because with every restaurant that did not work, I learned something. But I mean, it's a character defect. I'm trying to work on it, but I think it suits me if it doesn't work too well. <laughs> and uh, if you don't mind, would you mind sharing one or two things that you learned when your very first restaurant Mezzaluna I think was so the name for failed. example the first restaurant I had was a restaurant called Mezzaluna in Hoskast village it was 1993 food imports were banned in India alcohol licenses were not available of course I didn't think about it I went saw the location fell in love with it decided without even bothering about the licenses laws etc etc hmm. so and I opened an Italian restaurant. And for me, ingredients always played a key role, still does. But I can't find any parmesan. I can't find any olive oil. I can't find anything. So I was going on weekly basis and filling up my suitcases with ingredients and coming back. Obviously, um, the cost didn't work out. Yeah. We had no alcohol license. And that time, suddenly I was serving wine in teacups saying <laughs> red wine, which is black tea and yeah. white wine, which is tea. And But in long term, it doesn't work. It was really a mama-papa operation. I used mm. to come, say hello to the guests, run up to the kitchen, cook the meal with them, serve them. And, chit- you know, so it was a very good experience. But if I look at it, it's not something I would do again. Because, I mean, the first and foremost, now I've learned in restaurant, you need to ensure you're in a location where you can get all your licenses. You've got to get into a cuisine where you know the ingredients are available. Otherwise, I mean, it's what's the point yeah. of doing um, Indian restaurant where you're using Coleman curry powder <laughs> to make your curries. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's a bit like that. Yeah. So I'm a little bit older and wiser now, at least in this aspect. No, but this is great. Yeah, you literally got on the job on the ground training, which is the best Absolutely. kind. Right. Yeah. You know, today we have a lot of young kids who are training with us. We have a lawyer, we have an ex-banker, everyone. And they all come and say, shall we go to Culinary Institute in America or shall we go to Cador Blanc? I said, don't even bother. Don't even waste your time. Just go get into a restaurant, get your hands dirty because the experience you will get there and the learning you will get there, you will not get that in any Culinary Institute. Yeah. So in your opinion, how would you describe the role of a chef? Um, for me, you know, chef is a French word. It doesn't mean a cook. Mm. You know, it means a leader. And today, a chef is not someone who has to be in a kitchen all the time or cooking all the time. A chef has to be a great organizational person, has to be a leader, 
and has to have a little bit of business sense in them. And since I already told you I'm a Marwari, so I have this business genes in me <laughs> which I was born with. So in some ways, I'm very lucky because I have the best of both. So if you look at it, restaurants where there's a chef and there's an owner who are two different people, it's always a fight because the owner is looking at the profits lines, the chef is looking at a larger kitchen, best equipments, best ingredients without giving a damn about. So there has to be a good marriage between the two. Mm. And this is very, very important because a chef cannot be just a cook. There has to be some ability for man management, for cost management, as well as being a good leader. I mean, that is so tricky though, right? So how, I mean, in, in your case, I guess it's all, it almost sounds like you were born with it or you, or you, you were born with some parts and then you learned things like, you know, <laughs> like you were forced so, to learn. I mean, it's a, to be honest with you, it's a constant fight. Yeah. I mean, the chef in me wants me to have a very nice kitchen, large kitchen. It's hugely high in India. So for us, I always work with small kitchens because I know the rent that I'm paying for that kitchen will not make sense. So it is a fight. The businesswoman in me and the chef in me are, it's like a horn on one side and a halo on one side of my head. And they are a constant, you know, fight all the time. But at sometimes the chef wins, at sometimes the businesswoman in me wins. Yeah, and I'm sure but that find a balance between them otherwise you will never be able to sustain the restaurant in long term so yeah can you talk a little bit more about that because i mean and again my knowledge is very limited here but this this conflict between as a chef where you might want to create dishes which might not be sort of as business friendly so to say like does that happen and then you know oh it's obvious my every menu of mine even now has a couple of dishes which all my boys tell me they'll never be able to sell, but I don't give a shit, it's still there. Because if I don't, uh, how shall I say, uh, nurture the creative side in me, Mm. I'll also die. So every menu of mine always has a couple of dishes which I love, but obviously doesn't make much of business sense. And every time, finally, when we change the menu, I take them off, but invariably another dish comes on to the menu which is similar but it's okay I don't care <laughs> I can imagine it's not easy but uh, like uh, for you because you're also the owner of your restaurants what is the kind of experience that you're trying to create for the for the customer in your through your food you and see, then in I restaurant? always say in nutshell my restaurants are like my home where people are invited to have a nice intimate evening and I even get paid for it so the Customer experience that I believe in is not about very uh, stiff service or very stuffy environment or on the other hand where you're just a table number. Today, 85% of our guests are regulars. All my boys and girls in the front know every guest's favorite dish, favorite drink, where they like to sit because at the end of the day, there has to be a personal touch in the restaurant. Otherwise, you, as I said, you're just a bloody table number and that's not the experience I'm looking at and that's not the sort of restaurants that I run. And, and I mean, as you said, you own seven restaurants or like six and a, right. and a catering business. So have you like, what is your Ritu's vision behind this? What is 
what is it that i can expect what what differentiates you and how have you so, thought about it every restaurant that has come, has come up for different reasons as i told you before i don't do business plans i don't decide beforehand so for example i started with diva which is ngk2 my flagship my most favorite restaurant which is a italian restaurant that's my playground that's where i like to play that's where my most favorite dishes come on the menu also it is a restaurant that doesn't make money but it's still something which is in some ways a showcase of what we do hmm. then we have a restaurant at the italian embassy also came impromptu so it was basically to feed all the italians who live in india and who work in it india so for me that restaurant was really a feather in my cap because an indian chef was chosen to provide italian food because i was doing actually i mean sorry don't misunderstand me i'm not <laughs> trying to be arrogant i'm very modest but the truth is i was doing better italian food than italians living in delhi hmm. so cafe diva on the other hand there was a time in my life when i was fed up of going to fancy restaurants when earlier when i was young i used to travel all over the world try, basically wanting to try a restaurant i'd heard of pay shit loads of money and then i came when you reach in your 30s you it's been there done that so the idea behind cafe diva and latitude was to provide very high quality food but in a very easy laid back environment and that's how cafe diva and latitude came about i turned 40 and i was told that when you turn 40 you need to learn a new language now i speak good italian english i don't like german spanish is beyond me so i decided okay instead of learning a new language i teach myself a new cuisine and that's when i started experimenting a lot with asian food with indian food and the result was diva spiced which at this moment is my favorite baby so when talking about the restaurants or the thought process of the food i think it's a constant evolvement hmm. because if you don't evolve you know boredom comes in monotony comes in and also a tiredness comes in and i'm very well aware of it and that's one of the reason why i constantly make an effort to play around with different cuisines etc i'm just one old fart who used to be doing italian food once upon a time <laughs> so people are very surprised that now i'm doing asian food but i'm very proud of it because it was never my forte it was something i enjoyed eating but never played with it and it took me two to and a half years and today i have to admit i'm very very proud of the food that we do at diva spiced and whatever happens in the future will also be based on that not because the market demands it or there's a space for it or there's something i could in cash on i have to feel for it yeah i have to have something for it otherwise it will anyway not work for me No, and and it's so amazing that you still have that creative spark in you so alive. So if you were to describe your creative process, how would you describe it? Okay. So, if I really am honest, I don't want to be an inventor. I want to be an innovator. So basically, as I told you, my education has come around seeing everything. So, I love to try different things. I like to see what is happening in the market all over the world. And then when I come back and try it in my own way, I innovate it the way I like it. So, I'm not going to say I've created 500 dishes in my life. I have reinvented 500 dishes in my life. 
but tell me a little bit more about that like do you sort of like come back home and you're in your kitchen and you just sort of like go in some yes. flow state and absolutely. things just happen so, absolutely so for example uh, very recently i tried uh, a very nice roast pumpkin somewhere with almond flakes mm. and i came back and i loved it and i said okay when i'm on a diet this is a perfect meal for me i love pumpkin in any case but for the restaurant no one wants just a pumpkin they will die i made a bed of very crispy filo pastry on top of it and instead of almond flakes i preferred it with pine nuts the same thing then i tried with sweet potato then tried with beetroot and today we have a roasted root vegetable roasted with a bed, on a bed of filo so the inspiration came from this roasted pumpkin that i had eaten mm. but what finally came out was completely different and we have a very nice team in the kitchen today i have many women chefs in the kitchen and when we try new menus everyone gets on everyone comes with new ideas everyone tries new things and we put it all in a cocktail shaker mm-hmm. shake it up and there comes out a new menu so do you think that your like for you the primary source of inspiration is your travels and as you and you sort of make absolutely. a conscious effort absolutely yeah absolutely my main inspiration has always been travel i've been very lucky people have opened their homes to me shared their tables with me let me sample off their kitchen and today my next favorite thing what i'm really fascinated about right now is home cooking from various parts of the world because unfortunate reality is no one has time to cook anymore and when we look back at our childhood we think about oh our grandmother cooked this for us and and today when young people have people home it's a mix match of everything some things are catered because no one has time so today i'm very fascinated by home cooking per se and when i'm traveling all over i'm not interested in restaurants i actually want to go to people's homes and taste what their grandmothers cooked for them <laughs> that sounds like an exciting project and i i, I want to go back to your this whole creative process are there let's say you were to think about five things that you cannot do without in your kitchen what would they be okay extra virgin olive oil hmm good tomatoes hmm a block of parmesan and basil actually these are enough for me wow okay and you know i i've heard some chef interviews before none of them mentioned salt which is very interesting like i actually heard one guy say that salt is a way to hide the the sort of no, no, defects no 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 hang on you know there's a saying that when a chef is in love they oversalt their food okay <laughs> then i am a chef who's constantly in love because i eat very salty food so my excuse i excuse apologies before salt nothing else actually if i think about it in life i think if you have a nice piece of bread and a little bit of salt <laughs> you don't need anything else yeah 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 that's true All right. So, going to sort of understanding the job a little bit more. So, you brought up a very interesting yeah. point that cooking is definitely one part of it, but probably the bigger part of it is management and being a leader. Absolutely. So, could you describe that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, what are the key activities that one can find a chef working on? So, food costing, ensuring that ingredients are available. Hmm. suddenly you don't want to have a menu where you've put let's say for example rocket leaves and suddenly you find there's no rocket available in the market hmm. seasonal ingredients so keeping a constant check between your menu items 
and supply it's a very important job training training is i would say more important than anything else because you want young people to learn so today most of my chefs who are heading various restaurants are chefs who started or boys who started as cleaners and yeah. they have been trained and they've learned the job chef training is very very important ensuring that all food supplies and the menus match at a certain given prices hmm. ensuring that man management you got to make sure chefs are all crazy people they have very high tempers and temperaments are very emotional to keep a check and balance there to keep a steady check and to be in constant touch with the front of the house to get guest feedbacks what yeah. works what doesn't work as i said i may think there are few things which i love which i put in the menu but if it doesn't sell and people don't like it sooner or later i have to change that yeah so so it's a lot of management lot of man management material management uh common sense more than anything else common sense but most important training yeah and you know this is such an like as you're describing this and i can imagine a scene in a restaurant have there been any stressful situations that you can share with us i'm sure there have been many but i mean it, it's something which happens every day 10 times over okay if you hear my language in the kitchen you wouldn't want to do the spot cost with me <laughs> no, okay i have so, i did read yeah. anthony's book you know you was. said that i mentioned anthony bodham yeah. the only yeah. thing i love about his book is what he said about chefs that you ask a chef what is it that they hate about the jobs and they will tell you the constant pressure the heat the shouting and the screaming the unsocial hours standing on your feet 16 hours a day no holidays very anti social life you don't get to see your family your friends nothing give me a few drinks and ask me what are the things i love about my job the anti social lover the heat the pressure so it's all the things yeah. that you hate and you love in fact i always tell people if you once get into this industry you can be rest assured you're never going back to a desk job or a 9 to 5 job because <laughs> the adrenaline that's you know created it's a constant high it's a nonstop high i mean you have orders going wrong the waiters have punched it wrong people who are shouting and screaming uh you know full restaurant four guys haven't showed up so it's not one example it's something <laughs> that happens on daily basis and that's what also keeps us going because not a single day when you can say life is boring so let me ask you a different question then i mean you spend a lot of time in the industry now is there something that you wish you had known when you started out um no i have no regrets i have zero regrets okay the only thing i wish i had known was that no nothing nothing i'm okay with all of it but people who want to take this industry have to be very rest- you know i always say if you're married be sure to pamper your spouse really well because <laughs> divorces are very high in this industry <laughs> yeah. but uh, people who want to let's say get into this industry your young people who are listening to this just remember one thing there's a glamour attached to it but there's a lot of hard work and it's not only normal hard work it's not a monday to friday sort of a job it's a 7 days a week 365 days a year forget about celebrating new years christmas diwali any holidays with your family because those are the days when restaurants are most busy 
There That's is true. no personal life left. You will have clients calling you in the middle of the night when you're holiday somewhere. Oh, we are at your restaurant. What should we order? Mm-hmm. And be very careful about the money you invest in it. Because as I said, it's the riskiest business in the world. And the failure rates are very high. All the money that you invest in the business, you invest in furniture, fixtures, leads, etc. And God forbid the business does not work you will lose your entire capital. So if it works, it works really well, but be prepared that you will not have no other life except your restaurant. That becomes your spouse, that becomes your children. Oh my God, <laughs> that's very scary. <laughs> so so in, your, in your opinion, and again, I, as I can understand, like, I'm sure it's like a painful job, but like what are the top, most challenging aspects of the job in your opinion especially like let's say like you are still sort of the owner of the restaurant so from your opinion maybe the challenges are different but let's say someone who's relatively early in their careers what challenges do they face very simple they have to continue to learn Hmm. okay because at the end of the day it's also very competitive business and if you cannot get your creative skills Either you have it or you don't have it. It's actually plain and simple. And never let go of the passion for food. If you are not passionate about food, please don't get into this industry. Don't even bother. Don't even waste your time. Okay. If you're looking at it purely from a business point of view, this is not the industry for you. You've got to love food. You've got to love people. And if you don't have that, like I said, you will be an absolute failure in this industry. Actually, uh, so when you were talking about that, this reminded me, there's, I'm forgetting the name of this movie, but there's this movie where there's an Indian restaurant owner on one side and a French laid restaurant yeah, owner. Yeah, 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 quite a cheesy uh, yeah, yes, movie. Yes, yes, but there's yes, one scene yeah, where she... Don't put in it, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and um, so she... Actually, if you want to know... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was saying, if you want to really know, I mean, that's really one of the worst sort of food films. <laughs> if you really want to watch good food films, you should see No Reservations. You should see Martha's, uh, Bella Martha. Oh, you should yeah. see Babette's Feast. You should see, like, Water for Chocolate. Uh, you should see Big Night. You should see uh, oh, Eat, Night Drink, Night. Man, Woman. Hmm. I mean, this is really what's happening to this world in this new age when they make food movies like this. Anyway, such <laughs> is life. <laughs> Okay, that's great. So I wasn't going to place the movie. My, my The only thing that I wanted to ask you was in that movie, that lady has a test. I think she asks everyone to make an omelette. So do you believe in Correct. something like that? That you Absolutely. Get- so in my restaurant, everyone is asked to make an olio aglio pasta, which is a very simple pasta with olive oil, hint of chili and parsley. And I always believe the simplest things are the most difficult things to make. And... If you can't get the simplest of things right, you can never get anything right. So, yes, I am a true believer of that. Mm. And so anyone who wants to work with you, they have to make that dish and you taste it. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Very and nice. 90% fail, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, why, why do you think why do you think it is the simple dishes? Like, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what is it that people see, fail? At the end of the day, flavors are what they are. And sometimes we all are trying too hard to mask it or overdo it. And the trick of good food is simplicity. Not trying to overdo it and let the flavor come out for what it's for its own. 
And it's the same thing which I find a big problem in Indian restaurants all over the world. I mean, they have the basic sauces ready and they just add this, that, and you can't make out whether it's ajwain, whether it's soft, whether it's... So it's a big mishmash. And for me, that is absolutely not acceptable. If mm. there's a particular simple right flavor, and if you're trying to overdo it, maybe make the garlic too brown or add too much oil and then add a little pepper, you've destroyed the essence and the simplicity of what that dish stands for. Mm, that's a that's a great point. So what do you think are the characteristics of a good dish? A good dish, the ingredients are the heroes. Don't mess around with the ingredients and let them be shown in their full glory. So, and actually you brought up this point that as a chef, one key thing that you do is make sure that you have all the ingredients. So do you do you actively maintain relationships with suppliers oh, yes. and go there Absolutely. at 5 a.m. in the morning and get everything? No, honey, I'm living in New Delhi. We don't have organized markets where I can... <laughs> this nice filmy scene of going to common garden or you know meat packers district early in the morning or the farmers market and pick up my vegetables and smell them i wish i could but i can't <laughs> all right but but you have your sort of trusted suppliers who are absolutely okay. absolutely and it's a constant like it's something we continuously meet up with our suppliers we request them to you know develop ingredients for us which has happened we have some farms you know who are growing a lot of organic vegetables for us our cheese makers right now making burrata for us doing special cheeses so it's a it's a relationship which is really works both ways because they get to try new things and we manage we are trying now to source as many things as we can locally by encouraging our suppliers to develop them for us Oh I see. Oh that's nice. Okay. And uh another thing I'm curious about is that why is it that you decided to well actually you did say that you got into Italian food because you had that relationship with yes. the Italian supplier. Yes. But then you stuck with it. Like it, is it a reason why you uh, You know I grew up in a vegetarian household. Hmm. And for vegetarians in India the cuisine that comes closest to their taste buds or where they can get some op- you know some options was Italian. So if you talk to any Indian if you ask them what's their favorite cuisine outside Indian food they'll always say Italian because there's an honesty in the food with the lots of flavors of garlic tomato onion basil which works with Indian food so I grew up with Italian and it was always my favorite food and if you ask me even today if I get a plate of spaghetti with fresh tomato and basil I don't want anything else So uh so let's say that someone comes to you right now Ritu and says that okay I want to get into the food industry how should I start Depends food industry is very big uh you know what are you talking about So like, yeah, like I want to yeah I want to become a chef You want to become a chef okay yeah. cut your nails just shorten your hair as much as possible I'll give you a pair of aprons and a chef coat get into the kitchen and start cleaning fish for me and can you give us like you know how much time can it take to start from that cleaning person to the chef so so let me tell you it totally depends on the person hmm. we have people who have been working with us for years and years and they're still in the vegetable section and there are people who within 6 months from cleaners are doing right now more or less the entire kitchen wow okay all right Well, there's and, no time, or there's no. We don't have okay two months. You have to do this three months. You, it doesn't. It really depends on yeah. you. 
how willing because at the end it's not rocket science either you have a feeling for food or you don't have a feeling for food you know i am not a trained chef i don't know any techniques i don't expect any of my people to do that either we don't stick thermometers into meat to see if it's cooked or not <laughs> i mean it's food is also about instinct yeah absolutely no i agree so one quick question is there anything that a candidate can do to stand out in at least for you or is it just dependent on that test that you ask them to make that dish no 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 there's it's not only about the test it's also about you know when you talk you feel whether that person is doing it for because he thinks or she thinks is glamorous or whether there's a genuine interest as i told you i had a banker Uh, who came to me a few years ago and said she really loved food and she wanted to try and see if she wanted to take that as a career she worked with me for a few months and then she went on to CIA she finished her degree she came back and she's a chef i want to come back and work with you and so i mean she had no knowledge about food she had never done anything i mean straight from a banker right now i have a young lawyer who is training at the moment she was here for last two months and she's been doing such a great job that just today before we started talking i said enough of training now you better you know get into a restaurant and start experimenting and playing with what you've learned so far so it really depends for me it's really and to be we have 300 people in our company and if you ask me the only people who have actual education in cooking i think we have four of them <laughs> rest are all people who have been trained and people who have learned on the job yeah well thank you so much ritu i know we're running out of time thank you sonali yeah you sleep well be good thank all you right? all the best thank you once thank again you. ritu bye 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 okay so that was ritu on life as a chef I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. I had limited time with Ritu, but hopefully you got some good things out of the discussion today. Of course, if you have any questions at all for Ritu or for me, you can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com. If you liked today's episode, you should subscribe to the podcast. Yes, that's your homework for today. You can simply go to our website at learneducatediscover.com where you'll find links to the podcast library on iTunes for iPhone users and SoundCloud and Stitcher for Android users. So go ahead. and hit subscribe you can tweet at us at led underscore curator and like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn educate discover so that's it for today thank you so much for listening and for your time and until the next one adios